ശ്രവണം മനനം നിധിധ്യാസനം ലിസൺ റിഫ്ലക്ട് ആൻഡ് എബ്സോർബ് ഡിയർ ലിസ്ണേഴ്സ് സായ്റാം ആൻഡ് വെൽക്കം ടു അവർ റേഡിയോ സീരീസ് ഇൻ വിച്ച് എ ഡിവൈൻ ഡിസ്കോസ് ഡെലിവേർഡ് ബൈ ഭഗവാൻ ഇസ് പ്ലേഡ് ഇൻ സ്മോൾ പാർട്സ് ആൻഡ് ഫോളോയിങ് ഈച്ച് പാർട്ട് a short discussion is undertaken to reflect on the message this series is a part of radio sai's thursday live broadcast that goes on air at 7:30 pm on asia stream of radio sai global harmony today's episode was first broadcast live on 27th june 2013 and was hosted by prem from team radio sai and hari shankar from the shri satya sai central trust The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1990. The clips played in this episode are from the discourse delivered on 22nd May 1990. offering our most humble and loving salutations at bhagwan's lotus feet we welcome you dear listeners to yet another episode of shravanam mananam nididhyasanam and today to share the stage with me is brother hari shankar from the central trust sairam hari welcome to this program sairam prem hari whenever we talk about listening whenever we, we ruminate over this concept of listening which is in itself a huge and a very very uh, deep concept the beautiful analogy which swami gives a small chinnakatha where a king is presented with three dolls mm-hmm. and you know he is asked to find out which one is the best among the three mm. so he calls his wise minister and he asks him how do i know which among these three dolls is the best so the minister asks for a a thin wire or something like a long flexible wire and he puts it through the ear of the first doll and it comes out through the other ear mm-hmm. so he says this is the worst among the dolls <laughs> and he does it with the next doll it goes in through one ear mm-hmm. and comes out through the mouth oh <laughs> and he says this is a little better but this is not the best yet right and the third one when he pierces it through the ear it goes right inside and he right. said this is the best among the three dolls yes that is what we need to do when we say shravanam and we listen to swami's discourse isn't it exactly and in fact it is said uh, that actually there is no one who listens we can only catch ourselves not listening but there is no one who truly listens <laughs> really I mean so, you never realize that you're listening exactly so the thing i think like we can tell ourselves as we going to listen to swami's discourse in a while is to set aside what we already know about what swami is saying and listen to him totally fresh with a totally new beginner's mind as they say right in fact you know talking about uh, meditation i was just reading a very beautiful explanation of what is meditation mm. it says it is not sitting and doing some pranayama or focusing on something which is outside seeing the light within he said nothing like that right it's just that you're filled with so many thoughts so many concepts so many ideas just like how you want to sit and write something let's say you're a writer mm. you sit for a while calm yourself down remove yourself from all the other activities you've been having all through the day that period is actually meditation right and so that is required for any activity it is not just for prayer just for spiritual sadhana for any activity that period of calmness which you willingly go through so that you calm down your mind mm-hmm. i think that is what we need 
every time we listen to Swami and you know as we first time when we spoke about this Shravanam Mananam Nidhyasanam mm. we said that every time Swami rises to give a discourse mm. there would always be a pause right and we were wondering why that pause why the pause and we thought the most probable reason could be that Swami was just letting us settle down a bit mm. and you know I was uh, reading another discourse apparently Swami was addressing and gathering which was very noisy Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, because it was a very crowded auditorium, right? And very beautifully, Swami silences the crowd. You know, he says, "You know, I cannot complain that you are noisy because you are in a such a cramped space, and I am in a relatively less cramped platform. <laughs> because otherwise, this is not how a spiritual gathering is." Right. Okay. <laughs> And so immediately the crowd settles silence. down and they realize mm. that Swami wants more silence. So I say, yeah, now it's a little better. I will talk. <laughs> <laughs> so Hari, uh, we've finished three discourses in the series, the 1990 Summer Course series. And uh, the past two discourses, you were part of one of the episodes. Swami was extensively speaking about the body and the body as an instrument. This discourse, the fourth discourse, which was delivered on 22nd of May, 1990, Swami is going to talk about the senses. The title of the discourse itself is Mastery of the Senses. And uh, one thing is of course makes you wonder how is the senses different from the body? Because you know you cannot think of senses without the body. So why Swami is separating the discussion of the body and the discussion on the senses? senses. I think it will be really interesting to see what Swami has to say about the senses. Right. So we'll begin with the first clip. and uh, it's about 9 to 10 minutes at the end of the clip we will see what we can recollect from what swami has spoken sakala vidyalu nerchi sahajayin chagavachu sakala vidyalu nerchi sahajayin chagavachu ಪೂರ್ಣೈರಣಮಂದು ಓರವತ್ತು ರಾಜರಾಜೈ ಪುಟ್ಟಿ ರಾಜ್ಯ ಮೇಲಗವತ್ತು ಹೇಮ ಗೋದಾನ ಮುಲ್ಲಿಯವತ್ತು ರಾಜರಾಜೈ ಪುಟ್ಟಿ ರಾಜ್ಯ ಮೇಲಗವತ್ತು ಹೇಮ ಗೋದಾನಮೂಲಿಯವತ್ತು ಗಗನಮಂದುನ್ನ ಚುಕ್ಕಲು ರೆಕ್ಕ ಗೊನವತ್ತು ಗಗನಮಂದುನ್ನ ಚುಕ್ಕಲು ಲೆಕ್ಕ ಗೊನವತ್ತು ಜೀವ ರಾಸುಲ ಪೇರ್ಲು ಚಪ್ಪವತ್ತು ಅಷ್ಟಾಂಗ ವಿದ್ಯಲು ಅಭ್ಯಸಿಂಚಗವಚ್ಚು ಅಷ್ಟಾಂಗ ವಿದ್ಯಲು ಅಭ್ಯಸಿಂಚಗವಚ್ಚು ಚಂದ್ರಮಂಡಲಮೈನ ಚೇರವಚ್ಚು ಕಾನಿ ಕಾನಿ ದೇಹೇಂದ್ರಿಯಮುಲರಿಕಟ್ಟಿ ಮನಸ್ಸು ನಿಲ್ಪಿ ಅಂತರ್ಮುಖಮುಚೇಸಿ 
అనవరతము నిశ్చల సమాన చిత్తుడై నిశ్చల సమాన చిత్తుడై నిశ్చల సమాన చిత్తుడై నిశ్చల సమాన చిత్తుడై నిలువలేడు నిశ్చల సమాన చిత్తుడై నిలువలేడు నిశ్చల సమాన చిత్తుడై నిలువలేడు one master all the types of education and skills and win the victories in various courts one may become a great hero and fight victorious wars one may be born as an emperor and rule a great empire one may be able to give in charity gold cows and such other valuables one may be able to count the countless stars in the sky one may be able to mention the innumerable names of lakhs of species and living beings one may be able to master the eightfold astanga vidya one may be able to reach the moon itself but mastering the physical body and the sense organs and controlling them and controlling mind making it go introverted continuously can anyone remain as a steady equal minded person throughout and continuously vidyarthular students శరీరమునకు ఇంద్రియులపైన ప్రభావం ఉన్నది ఫర్ ది బాడీ ద సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ఆర్ వెరీ ఇంపార్టెంట్ లిమ్స్ ఇంద్రియములకు శరీరం పైన మరింత ప్రభావం అధికంగా ఉంటున్నది ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ హ్యావ్ దెర్ ఓన్ కంట్రోల్ ఓవర్ ద ఫిజికల్ బాడీ శరీరంలో వదిలి ఇంద్రియములు ఇంద్రియములో వదిలి శరీరము ఉండుటకు వీలు కాదు there cannot be physical body without sense organs and sense organs without physical body ivi rendu nu avinabhava sambandham anyonya aashrayam there is a mutual relationship and interdependence between these two negative leka positive positive leka negative e vidhanga undi nishpayojanamo adhe vidhamgane deham leka indriyamulu ఇంద్రియములేక దేహము ఉండుట నిష్పయోజనమే జస్ట్ యాస్ నెగటివ్ వితౌట్ పాజిటివ్ ఆర్ పాజిటివ్ వితౌట్ నెగటివ్ ఆర్ ఫంక్షన్ లెస్ సో ఆల్సో ఇట్ ఈస్ ఇంపాసిబుల్ టు హ్యావ్ అండ్ యూజ్ లెస్ ఆల్సో ఏ ఫిజికల్ బాడీ వితౌట్ సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ అండ్ సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ వితౌట్ ద బాడీ కనుక శరీరమును సరైన విధముగా దీనిని పోషించుకోవటము ప్రతి వ్యక్తికి కర్తవ్యం 
therefore it is duty enjoined on every individual to take care of the body well ikkada indriyamu yokka tattamu atyanta adbhutamu it is very extraordinary to see the influence and the impact of the sense organs daivatvam anedi maha chitra vichitram ayinappatigini ఇంద్రియముల యొక్క తత్వం కూడాను ఇంద్రియముల యొక్క అనుభూతిని ఇంద్రియుల యొక్క చేష్టలను వర్ణించుటకు అంతకంటే అద్భుతంగా ఉంటుంటాయి ఇట్ ఈస్ యాక్సెప్టెడ్ దాట్ డివినిటీ ఈజ్ రాదర్ స్ట్రేంజ్ యునిక్ అండ్ డిఫికల్ట్ టు డిస్క్రైబ్ బట్ వెన్ యూ సీ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ది లుక్ స్ట్రేంజ్ అండ్ మోర్ యునిక్ కంపేర్డ్ ఈవెన్ టు గాడ్ హిమ్సెల్ఫ్ చిత్రంబులు త్రైలోక్య విచిత్రంబులు భవలతాల విత్తంబులు సన్మిత్రంబులు బుధ జన వన పౌత్రంబులు ఇంద్రియముల యొక్క చరిత్రంబులు ది హిస్టరీ ఆఫ్ సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ఈజ్ రాదర్ స్ట్రేంజ్ డిఫికల్ట్ టు డిస్క్రైబ్ వెరీ ఎక్స్ట్రీమ్లీ అన్ప్రెడిక్టబుల్ అండ్ వెరీ యునిక్ ఈ ఇంద్రియములు దేహము కంటే అతి సూక్ష్మమైనటువంటివి సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ఆర్ ఎక్స్ట్రీమ్లీ సటిల్ కంపేర్ టు ది బాడీ శరీరమునందు శబ్ద స్పర్శ రూప సగంధాదులు ఉండినప్పటికీ వాతపిత్త శ్లేషాదులు ఉండినప్పటికీ ఇంద్రియముల యొక్క తత్వము అన్నింటి యొక్క సమత్వంగా భావించుకొని తమ ప్రభావమును దేహము పైన చలాయిస్తూ ఉంటాయి ద ఫిజికల్ బాడీ ఈజ్ సబ్జెక్టెడ్ టు ద సౌండ్ ద టచ్ అండ్ ది అదర్ ఫైవ్ టైప్స్ ఆఫ్ ఫీలింగ్స్ ద సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ స్టిల్ హ్యావ్ వెరీ ఎక్స్ట్రాడినరీ ఇన్ఫ్లుయెన్స్ ఆన్ ద ఫిజికల్ బాడీ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇంద్రియములు విషయమును స్పర్శించినప్పుడే సుఖదుఃఖములు శీతోష్ణములు సంభవిస్తున్నాయి ఓన్లీ వెన్ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ come in touch with the matters and the subject the objects then only you experience joy happiness or grief or sorrow vishayamulu leka indiyamulu chanamaina niluva jalavu without sense objects senses will not be able to live even for a moment vishaya sambandhame indriyamulokka pradhana kartavyam the most important functions of the sense organs is to enjoy the sense objects indriyamulanu kevalamu ekanga bhavinchi divyanga varinchi bhavyanga chinimpa cheyatamu aneetundi vishayamuku sadhyam kaadu many people find it very difficult to see the extraordinary aspect of these sense organs yes sir that was the first clip so you started by telling uh, all the listeners that the discourse about, is about the mastery of the senses but uh, right in the poem swami begins this discourse by saying that no matter what achievements you might have in the different uh, realms of knowledge or in the physical world but there is no one in this world who can control their body and senses right in fact he is covering every possible field hmm. scholarship bravery yes. leadership wealth scientific knowledge and even 
sadhana where he is saying ashtanga vidya ashtanga vidya you yeah. know all the uh, yogas and you know but still that and the very interesting word even when swami is telling this poem and swami says kani <laughs> we know that it's Something almost like it's a o henry twist when when it comes whenever swami says that kani, kani. <laughs> you know even here swami says that is it possible to have constant introversion and unshakable equanimity of so, the senses yeah so th- this uh, tells us one more thing see last time swami dwelt a lot on the aspect of the body in the last few discourses right this discourse swami is coming to the senses and uh, there is something behind the senses something that is being fed by the senses and the reason why we have to dwell on this aspect of mastery of the senses is uh, swami as he mentions in the poem the reason is to be able to keep the mind in a state of equanimity that is unaffected by what happens what is fed to it by the senses so that is the goal uh, to which we have to reach and which is why the discourse we dwells on this uh, the mastery of the senses so as humans we are part of the body mind complex so the body with its senses and the mind and uh, how can we realize our entity our being as distinct from the body and the mind right and you know the very first statement swami makes after the poem hmm. you know the body wields some influence over the senses, senses. but the senses have even great influence on the body hmm. it's quite true the very first sentence you know the body wheels i was wondering how the body can affect your senses hmm. but it is actually seen you know when you see people who have an impurity right those who are blind hmm. will have sharp hearing yes those who are you know deaf hmm. will have some other sensory perception which is much stronger than average right so that which is a deformity in your body actually influences your senses yeah it changes the acuity increase right. the acuity increase of the, certain senses you know, the sharpness of the other senses That's and the right. similar thing is but the senses have even great influence on the body mm-hmm. that is very obvious you know suppose somebody comes and tells you something inflammatory or something which makes you angry yes the whole body reacts to it That's right. Though what is being used is only one sense mm. of the five which you have. Correct. The entire body shivers and you know there's anger, your BP rises. Yes. And if you're a weak patient, a heart is weak, it might even endanger your life. Yeah, because the two primal responses of anger and fear, that is something we do not have any control over. As they call it the amygdala uh, response. So this comes from a very deep part of the brain it's called the lizard brain in fact is it okay yes so uh, the senses are directly feed this so the first uh, response that every human is designed for is this like fear and they call it flight or fight okay so these two responses come from a very deep part of the brain so that is how you know the moment uh, the brain you know responds in a certain way like there's nothing that we can control it's completely involuntary so our fight or flight response is completely involuntary and i think that is what swami is telling in this poem also hmm. that through the senses you can slowly influence the mind yes though the mind is influencing the senses there is this backward flow also hmm because swami is saying that introversion of the senses can lead to unshakable equanimity of the mind hmm and uh, you know coming to this point where swami is saying the role of the senses is remarkable because later in the discourse i think somi goes into each one of the senses and he says how great this is 
Yeah. But you know, one thing which always comes to mind when we're talking about human uh, senses, we were actually going through a documentary, hmm. something like a user manual about a camera. Right. Saying, how do you grade cameras? How do you know that this video camera is better than the other one? Hmm. One of the things which we see is how fast it can go from infinite focal length right. to a shorter focal length. How mm-hmm. quickly it can refocus. Okay. You know, and then they give that this happens in these many Second, uh, microseconds, microseconds. And, you know, this is why this is, and this is more expensive and all that. And the end of that description in the documentary, he says, but all these cameras are no comparison to the human eye <laughs> because it does it almost instantly. Right. They're not able to measure how quickly that refocusing from infinity because I'm looking at you. My vision is in focus. Mm. The moment I look behind you, I'm again in focus. Hmm. It takes no time for my eye to readjust and focus there. But it doesn't happen with a camera. The best cameras we've made are still way behind that. That's right. And uh, actually, Swami brings out one very important point over here. That what are all the activities of the senses? What do they create? They create one phenomenon actually. Mm -hmm. So, they actually create the phenomenon called the person. Because uh, the senses are the kind of the boundary between what we perceive as ourselves and what we perceive as the world around us. Absolutely. Right. So, the moment, uh, you know, an input comes from the senses, we suddenly become aware of two entities, literally, the world and ourselves. So, it's very important to really dwell on what the senses, like what Swami is talking about, because somewhere here is a secret to, you know, like really getting that uh, there is no distinction between the world and us. That is what explains the outward nature of the senses. Hmm. Because it's very interaction is with everything which is outside. Exactly. You don't need your ear to hear your inner voice. <laughs> right? You don't need your eyes to see, to have a you know insight within. Inner vision, yes. So, I think all the senses are giving you input from the outside. And as you said, that is what actually defines us. Yes. You know, the way we react. That and, yeah, exactly. And, as and the you processing said. which goes on. Yeah. So, there, there are two things. Like, as you said, first of all, the what the senses feed to the mind and the, how the mind reacts to that. So, these two constitute the persona, so to speak, the person who is there. Different kind of stimuli elicit different responses from different people. <laughs> and we say like such and such person, he is, he is a very equable person. He does not react too strongly to some situations. Whereas someone else, we say he has got a short fuse. Whereas these stimuli that enters is pretty much the same. Right. So, the sense organs are you know, feeding literally the same input to different people. But the way they react is, that is where the, you know, the master, uh, that is the mind, which is there behind the senses. Okay. In fact, you know, one of the discourses, Swami makes this very point. Hmm. He says, if death is going to give sorrow, hmm. every death should give everybody sorrow. Sorrow, exactly. He said, you know, why you feel sad or bad only if somebody near to you dies? Hmm. And you know, when you are feeling sorrowful, why everybody around you are not feeling the same? No, in fact, it's not even death. I remember Swami bringing out uh, this in a discourse. He says, if, if sense objects as such bring joy to you, but you notice that the same, like even if I bring food in front of somebody, some person enjoys the same food so much, relishes it so much. Someone else just says, no, I don't want it. <laughs> they just uh, brush it off. So, he says, as such, it is not the sense objects then who is it that experiences that joy? Right. You know, and actually that is one of the main things in the later part of the discourse, Swami will come to that impermanency yeah. of everything the sense object interacts with. 
yes is actually an important input which has to be given to the mind hmm. so that it prepares itself to process the information in the right way right and coming to this point where swami is telling that you know the body is the basis for the senses but the senses are much much more subtler than the body hmm. in fact uh, it seems uh, in the prashnotra vahini hmm. there is this point where somebody asks swami what constitutes the pranamaya kosha right you know the five sheets you have the annamaya pranamaya manomaya manomaya vijnanamaya and anandamaya anandamaya so he asked what constitutes the pranamaya that time swami says this point that it is made of the five senses and the five vitalis yes so there is a swami saying and each kosha is progressively more subtler yes so the body which comes in the annamaya kosha annamaya kosha is the grossest is the gross and the senses actually come in a step higher mm. between the mind and the body body i think that was uh, pretty much what swami was telling there yes so maybe we could play the, yeah, uh, we'll the next, next part of the discourse so the second part of the ee indriyamulaku oka chakkani peru galadu there is a beautiful name given to these sense organs matraha ani deeniki oka peru the name is matraha idi niyate mitrate iti matraha ani anaga oka vidhamainatundi oka కొలతలను నిర్ణయం చావించినటువంటిదే ఈ ఇంద్రియముల యొక్క ప్రభావం వన్ ఆఫ్ ది ఇంపార్టెంట్ ఫీచర్స్ ఆఫ్ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ఈస్ దట్ దే కెన్ మెజర్ ఈ కొలతలు ఏ విధంగా గావించుతున్నవి ఇంద్రియములు హౌ డూ దే మెజర్ ఈ ఫలము తీయగా ఉన్నది లేక పుల్లగా ఉన్నది అని నిర్ణయించేటువంటి యొక్క అధికారం దేనికి ఉన్నది to decide the type of taste which a fruit has which sense organ has in the kaltavese itvanti indriyamulu emiti what is the organ which allows it to go into the stadiye naluka that is tongue ee naluka padarthama yokka manchi chettalanu kolata vesi pramanapurvakanga jagattuku andistunnadi the tongue has the capacity to decide the taste of a particular object and allow it to go into the tummy ee chitramu vichitranga unnadi vikaramuga unnadi ani chitram yokka chitra vichitramulanu nirnayinchetundi kolata denikunnadi what particular sense organ has the power to decide that a particular picture is either beautiful or ugly idi దీని కొలత బద్ద కన్ను మాత్రమే ది మెజరింగ్ రాడ్ ఆఫ్ ది బ్యూటీ ఆర్ అదర్వైజ్ ఈజ్ ఐ ఇంకా ఇదే విధముగానే అన్ని ఇంద్రియములు కూడాను ఇది దుర్గంధము ఇది సుగంధము అని నిర్ణయించేటువంటి కొలత బద్ద ముక్కు నోస్ ఈజ్ ద మెజరింగ్ రాడ్ విచ్ మెజర్స్ వెదర్ ది స్మెల్ ఈజ్ గుడ్ ఆర్ బ్యాడ్ ఇది సుస్వరము ఇది దుస్వరము అని కూడా నువ్వు నిర్ణయించేటువంటి యొక్క కొలత బద్ద కర్ణము ఇట్ ఇస్ ఇయర్ విచ్ డిసైడ్స్ వెదర్ ఎ పర్టికులర్ సౌండ్ ఈస్ మెలోడియస్ కనుకనే ఈ ఇంద్రియములకు నిర్ణయించేటువంటి అధికారం ఉన్నది కనుకనే దీనికి మాత్రాహా అని ఒక పేరు దే హ్ బీన్ కాల్డ్ మాత్రాహా బికాస్ దే హ్ గాట్ ది కెపాసిటీ టు డిసైడ్ మెజర్ ఉపనిషత్తు నందు శరీరం అనే రథములకు 
ఇంద్రియములు అశ్వముల వంటివి అని నిర్ణయించారు ఇట్ హెస్ బీన్ సెట్ దాట్ ఫార్ ది చారియట్ ఆఫ్ ది ఫిజికల్ బాడీ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ఆర్ హార్సెస్ ఈ యొక్క ఇంద్రియములకు అశ్వములు అని పేరు పెట్టడంలో ఉండినటువంటి అంతరార్థం ఏమిటి వాట్ ఈస్ ది ఇన్నర్ మీనింగ్ బిహైండ్ గివింగ్ ది నేమ్ ఆఫ్ హార్సెస్ ఫార్ ది అశ్వము అనగా నిరంతరము చలించేటువంటి స్వభావం కలిగినటువంటిది అశ్వము the meaning of aswamu or horse is that that it always and continuously go on moving andariki kudanu telisina vishayame gurramu nidrinchu chundina melkonu chundina parigettu chundina nilchi undina nirantaramu tana yokka deham nandu edo oka angamulu kadilistune untuntadi every one knows this fact that a horse whether sleeping standing moving or lying down always keeps one limb or the other toka tappite kaalo kaalu dappite cheyyo cheyu dappite mukko mukku tappite noru edo oti kadilistune untuntadi whether it is the leg hand ear or the head it goes on moving chalana swabhavam kaliginatundi kaluka ne deeniki aswamu ani peru vachindi as it constantly keeps moving it has been given the name aswamu adhe vidhamgane mana vrucham chustunnamu రావి వృక్షము వీఆర్ సీయింగ్ లెట్ అస్ జస్ ఏ పీపుల్ ట్రీ అయితే అది గాలి లేకపోయినా కూడాను దాని ఆకులు ఎప్పుడు ఆడుతూనే ఉంటుంటాయి ఈవెన్ వెన్ దెర్ ఇస్ నో బ్రీజ్ ఎంటైర్లీ ద లీవ్స్ విల్ బి మూవింగ్ ఇన్ సచ్ ఏ ట్రీ కనుకునే దానికి కూడాను అశ్వత్థ వృక్షము అని పేరు పెట్టారు దట్ ఈస్ ద రీజన్ దట్ ట్రీ ఈజ్ కాల్డ్ అశ్వత్థ వృక్షము ప్రాచీన రాజులందరూ కూడాను అశ్వమేధ యాగం అనేటువంటి దాన్ని ఒక ప్రత్యేకమైనటువంటి యాగం కల్పేటువంటి వారు ఇన్ ది ఏన్షియన్ డేస్ ది కింగ్స్ యూస్ టు పర్ఫార్మ్ ఏ యాగా కాల్డ్ అశ్వమేధ యాగ అశ్వమేధ దీని రెండు పదముల యొక్క అంతరార్థమును గుర్తించుకున్నప్పుడు ఇది అశ్వమేధం అంటే ఏమిటి అనేటువంటిది మనకు సుస్పష్టంగా అర్థమవుతుంది వెన్ యూ డివైడ్ దట్ వరల్డ్ అశ్వమేధ ఇంటూ అశ్వ అండ్ మేధ యూ అండర్స్టాండ్ ది సిగ్నిఫికెన్స్ ఆఫ్ మేధ అనగా బుద్ధి Medha refers to intelligence. Aswamanaga chelinchetvanti buddhi. Aswa refers to the moving that is chelinchetvanti buddhi ki sambandhinchinatvanti pratibhimbame aswam. A horse is a symbol of unsteady mind, moving mind. Ee aswamedha yagamanandu ee aswamanu yavaru pattagalaro vare dhimantulu ani peru. It is said that in aswamedha yaga the one who can hold this ashwar horse and control it he is considered to be a great hero kascha dheeraha ani prashninchindi bhagavad gita evaru dinini patte tunti varu evaru dinini adaga dokke tunti varu evaru dinini kontha varakunu nigrahinche tunti varu vare nijamaina dheerudu annaru bhagavad gita has declared that the one who can hold this horse who can control it who can keep it steady is the one who is a hero kanukane mana indriyamulanu arikatti indriyamulanu swadhinam cheskunnatunti vyaktiye nijamaina dheemantudu aneetunti vishayam lopala bahyarthamuga bhautikamainatunti jagatunandu ee aswamunu evaru pattagalaro vaade dheemantudu atanitone yuddham cheseetunti adhikaram unnadi aneetunti yokka prachina rajulu yokka ప్రభావములు నిరూపిస్తూ వచ్చారు ద ఇన్నర్ మీనింగ్ ఆఫ్ అశ్వమేధయాగా ఈజ్ ద వన్ హూ కెన్ కంట్రోల్ ది సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ హూ కెన్ మేక్ దెమ్ స్టడీ ఈజ్ ఎ హీరో 
Symbolically and externally, they have compared this to the one who can hold a horse is a hero. Ikad antaratthamu, bahiyatthamu. Rendinti yukka antaratthamu, bahiyatthamu yukka samanvayame nijamayanitinti yadhaatthamu. The true meaning lies in harmonizing the inner meaning of Asvameda and the external meaning of Asvameda. Kanukku ee nadu, pratthi manavudu kudunu ee aswani patti kattali. Today, therefore, there is a need for everyone to make an effort to control this horse. Then only you become a hero. The person who is weak and who cannot control the mind and the sense organs, Whatever type of sadhanas he undertakes, whatever type of yagna he does, it is really useless. Kanuka ye indrimanaku Maraka Artam Kudanukundaji Matraha Anatmitaniki. There is one more meaning for this word Matraha signifying Indriyas. Anaga Parimitamaya twenty nina in chat twenty indriamalu. These sense organs can only decide. Things which are subject to limitations. Wokoka Indriamanaku, Wokoka Parimitimatrame, Nirminchinadu, Niminchinadu Bhagavantadu. God has prescribed certain limits for each sense organ. Kanu Chudagaladegani, Vina Led. I can only see, but it cannot hear. Noru Matadagaladegani, Chudaled. Mouth can talk, but cannot see. It the Wokoka Indriamanaku. God has prescribed certain specific functions for each of the sense organs. Whatever Only that person has carried out the commands of the Lord who follows and uses the sense organs. Whoever violates the uh, specific function of the sense organ would have violated the command. Yes, Ari, that was the second part. Swami is going on with the sense objects. And Swami introduces this just like in the first discourse, Swami was giving terminologies which are used to describe the human body. Yes. Deham, Shariram. And here Swami is saying the senses have a name called Matraha, which in essence means a measuring instrument. Just previous to this, Swami was talking about the senses as a sort of our window to the world right? through which we experience the world itself. But here Swami says that the senses do beyond that. They also evaluate. <laughs> so, as He says, like, uh, which is the sense which discriminates what is sour, what is sweet or which is that uh, which decides the taste of the object so here you are making one point that it's not you know very passive the senses are also involved in evaluating so they are also sending us signals that this is good, this is bad so that constant judgment is something that whether we notice or not is always taking place it, if you really, as Swami was saying, why is it that there is no one who can really control the mind? 
there is one thing swami has said in this respect he says it is very much akin to trying to straighten out the tail of a dog <laughs> so you might hold it still but the moment you ho- remove your hand the tail is going to curve back again so it's much the same way if we actually notice our thoughts like we'll see that this is going on all the time no matter what even as now say you and i are listening to each other even as we speak to each other we, you will notice this it is going on the evaluation is it right is it wrong do i agree with this do i disagree with this is this useful is this not useful this is an evaluation that is always going on and this is partly fed as swami says over here by the senses so that is an important point that the senses evaluate right and you know uh, just talking about uh, the senses being a window and the senses being an instrument because hmm. very interestingly you said that the senses are the ones which actually create the duality and in the duality the further differentiation also happens because of the senses hmm. apart from seeing the world as separate from us yes in the world it says that this is good this is bad this is right this is wrong this is wrong this is pleasant this is unpleasant yes likes dislikes right joy sorrow as swami mentioned right. yes. and you know and that is the thing in many times uh, i don't know i've tried this experiment when you uh, experience something unpleasant let's say an unpleasant odor comes by your way hmm. or something which is not pleasant to you you know if we were to just stop and think why is it unpleasant it is just that we have trained to think that this is unpleasant odor this is good and this is bad yeah and it is kind of brought into us with that idea brought into us but also it forms a very important function like from the scientific view point it is something that keeps the body alive so if our primitive ancestors so what would keep them alive is something which you know some certain fruit or something let's say something has decayed so it emits a kind of smell which instinctively we recoil from that is because as far as the body is concerned that is toxic right so in that sense these senses are something which keep the body alive like the input from the senses is something it's a very primitive uh, response they are absolutely necessary to the functioning of the body right. and that actually also brings in the idea hmm that you know it is wrong to see ourselves as a separate entity Mm-hmm. because you know just like how in the human body as you said the odor is for a particular purpose mm. you repel from something which is not good for you yeah. the odor is a stimulus and it it kind of sends that signal similarly the whole world is actually you know like a jigsaw puzzle which is put together right you know i was reading an article the other day where it was talking about the chemical processes which happen in the ripening of a mango mm. finally he asked an essential question he says why is the mango sweet right and he said because you have to eat it <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah. He says the mango tree cannot move around. Yes. So if it has to spread its See. growth, I mean, if it has to make sure that another tree comes up somewhere else, yeah. it has to make sure that it is sweet enough so that the mammals eat it <laughs> and put the seed somewhere. Exactly. So the very reason why the mango is pleasant smelling and sweet in taste is so that you will eat. So we think that you know I like, I don't like, but actually it is a bigger plan which decides these are things which you have to like, these are things which you have to repel from. Yeah so it's it's essentially part of as we say the human design or like the design of planet earth itself now the discussion will start about okay in that case let's leave the senses as they are 
you know so let the senses are there for a particular reason let's use them for that very reason i mean let's do what the senses tell us to do that will keep us alive right why is it that you should try to transcend the senses aren't you bringing uh, some dangers aren't you putting yourself in peril in that case so this is where uh, swami's injunction or his reminder to us that we are not human beings who are aspiring to have a divine experience absolutely we are actually divine beings who are having a human experience so here uh, the first thing is for us to be very present to what is a human experience all about there are uh, the senses uh, they have a certain function but they also curtail us in certain ways from expressing who we truly are so that is a challenge that we have so in a body that has senses which is designed for a particular task how do we use these senses instead of being used by the senses in fact like uh, swami goes on to talk about this very particular concept when he says that one more name for the senses he it's rather an analogy is to a horse so swami explains that a horse if you notice a horse it's something or the other is always twitching it's either its ears are twitching or it begins to shake its uh, its legs shiver or the tail you know it just wags it so all the time a horse although standing literally at a place even when it is sleeping it is never still so he says that the nature of the senses and the nature of the mind is so much akin to that of the horse and then he goes on to say that actually we those of us who have uh, read the you know ancient scriptures or the stories uh, from those times the ashwamedha yagna is definitely something which would have caught our imagination as children i think there are at least minimum of four or five references only in the ramayana of the ashwamedha yagna every exactly. ancestor of rama is said to have performed an ashwamedha yagna yes so it is something we feel like uh, it was a challenge you know at that time you free actually the challenge consisted of freeing a horse right. if i remember right a white horse yes exactly yeah <laughs> you have to free a white horse if a rival king he yeah he takes on and possesses that horse but he has to fight the one who is performing the yagna has to fight that king and win back the horse in that way establishes his dominion so that is something that you know as children captures your mind you know some conquest and thing like that but the conquest here swami says is not of at the physical realm it is at a spiritual realm so the mind and the senses being what they are the challenge is like can you be the master of the senses instead of the senses being your master right you know the other analogy which swami would give with mind and senses and horses hmm. again hmm. is that of a chariot swami would say the body is a chariot chariot yeah. and uh, the horses are the senses hmm. and the mind is a charioteer hmm. you are the one who is traveling you are the master who is traveling in the chariot yes see the beautiful thing is again the, the the question which you raised if the senses are meant for being attracted to certain objects mm. why should you curtail them yes right it, it's exactly the analogy which swami has placed puts each one in the level of importance that has to be given to it mm. a chariot definitely needs the horses mm-hmm. but it needs the horses the chariot should not be allowed to be dragged by the horses horses yeah no you need the horses to go where you want to go where you want to go exactly right? yeah. so the horses have a certain role to play hmm. they're definitely important and the nature of the horses is something which you're using in the process hmm. you know the horses go in a certain direction when you give them a whip yes right so you use that nature of the horse to do what you're supposed to do yes 
and uh, just before we move on like it reminded me of a very interesting uh, analogy which uh, comes in the uh, tradition of zen stories mm-hmm. so it is said that there were two monks in a zen monastery so they noticed that there's a flag that was flapping in the wind so uh, they were debating among themselves so one one said ah the flag is moving so the other person said no it is not the flag that is moving it is actually the wind that is moving and as they debated about this uh, they approached their uh, zen master and he said both of you are wrong it is actually the mind that moves wow <laughs> neither the flag moves nor the wind moves it is your mind that moves so again it brings us back to this fact that finally no matter what the senses are up to there is as you mentioned the charity are called the mind that is really the cpu that is where the actual action is uh, going on right And, and in fact you know even talking about the mind hmm very interestingly even the charioteer the way he you know uh, steers the horses and you know takes hmm. the chariot around is one of the roles he plays yes and that one role is that of the buddhi hmm you know swami says the buddhi is not something different it is one aspect of the mind that aspect which does the discrimination and takes the right decisions right in a discourse swami was telling once even as you was talking he said see now you're sitting and listening to me hmm. your attention is in what i'm saying but if the wind wafts the smell of the bakery <laughs> or the, you know the pakodas which are being fried in the canteen hmm. in the moment that smell comes you feel that hey, let me get up and you know have a break and come right but there's something in you which says that no what you're listening is more important than what you would get if you go following the smell wonderful and so we say that is the buddhi you know it is as we again uh, you know can reiterate the senses were meant to be attracted to that smell you know that was the idea of the senses yeah but again that was for a certain purpose exactly and that is why again you know the second part of the matraha uh, what swami speaks yeah. is that it also means a limit yeah again coming to that point of the limited company that the body is swami is bringing in that idea no this is something very profound really when uh, when uh, when it comes to this see what happens is in the practice of spirituality in the practice of advaita they say you begin by first negating everything you say not this not this not this you finally realize that you are actually one with everything i remember one swami uh, in one uh, interaction with me swami was asking about some particular aspect and i i said no in a very dismissive manner hmm. to that like swami asked me to you know do something i said no in a very dismissive manner and swami then said like everything is important everything in this life is important and later i wondered you know in in spirituality we are actually trying to negate everything in what sense then why is it that swami said that even this is important even a blade of grass in this world is important so what why would swami be giving it so much significance and then it struck me that at the end of the spiritual journey you realize that there is no one other than you and then that this was created by you and just for your joy you see so that is the reason why the senses are there the senses have been created for your own pleasure but the moment you forget that you have created them and you start you know responding to the senses instead of the senses responding to you that's when the trouble begins it really you know there's one analogy which swami would give hmm. about controlling the senses hmm. and when you're talking about neti neti yeah. you know one thing is neti neti is another beautiful uh, explanation they say 
in the initial stages as you said not this not this not this neti neti but when you have attained that truth when you've seen the truth you look back and say it was not not this it was not only this not only this very <laughs> beautiful and something more yes okay and talking about controlling the senses swami gives a very beautiful analogy hmm. and you know when i read that i was really fascinated swami said what does it mean to control the senses hmm. okay swami said if you tell that i know to drive a car hmm. what does that mean it does not mean that you have a car in the garage <laughs> right having a car in the garage locked up and you know all covered up does not mean that you know how to drive a car Hmm. You know to drive a car when you actually take it out into the road and you know at what speed you have to drive right. you know when to slow down when to speed up when to turn right you know when you have to use the various uh, right. gadgets in the car that's when you are actually in command of the car right so he said the same thing with the senses yes. it does not mean you know complete withdrawal of the senses yes it means to know how to use the senses beautiful and you know that's when swami actually in that uh, discourse swami was saying that was the example which people like valmiki and vasishta were actually giving hmm they were realized people but at the same time they had families yes you know they were also having children they having families because swami said they were in control over themselves hmm because they knew what was meant to be used when and where precisely very powerful very powerful example talking about uh, swami was speaking about ashwa and ashoka tree in the same context ashwatatri yeah. ashwatatri so we would say the people tree and that's a sign you know the easiest way to know if there's even the gentlest breeze blowing is to see a, a people tree and you know talking of animals there's another analogy which swami used to say you know and because swami is telling who's a man who's of courage who's hmm. a hero you know that's a question which comes in bhagavad gita swami says dhimanta dhimanta and swami says the one who is able to control that horse he is a true hero hmm you know swami would say that you know you walk into a forest okay and there are wild animals there you think you're a hero if you can manage and handle those animals hmm. wild animals swami would say the senses and the attractions of the senses are like wild animals <laughs> and sometimes even worse they are invisible wild animals <laughs> <laughs> then you can imagine how much more difficult your task is yeah it would take a tremendous warrior to actually fight invisible enemies and you know uh, talking about this matra i think very beautifully swami is saying that how he brings that idea of limit what is he saying that you no know, the mouth is meant for a certain purpose hmm the eyes are meant for a certain purpose they can do only that much and that is where you know again coming back to the point of you asking if the senses were meant for this why not let them do what they do what they please yeah. you know and that is where swami is bringing the idea of limit and again the reversal of roles the senses are meant to be used by the indweller hmm and it's not that the senses drag the indweller around yes you know the, again the chariot uh, analogy analogy yeah in this discourse actually swami has brought out both these uh, you know both two meanings of the same word no right like on on the one hand he says these are measuring instruments in the sense that they evaluate and i mean they judge and at the same time they are also instruments which which in which limit is implied so this is a very often swami has spoken about like the need for controlling the senses so this is where uh, the swami's uh, next probably going to move on to this the core of uh, the discourse of the mastery of the senses and you know talking about this again this point where swami is saying the senses is based on the body hmm and they don't have an existence of their own the senses are to be commanded by the mind 
hmm no left alone they meaningless i think it's a very uh, easy to understand thing because uh, the common saying which goes no, never believe what your eyes see yes. never believe what your ears yes. have heard because you may be in a limited uh, capacity to observe hmm there is so much before you know even when you make a measurement in science hmm you're always told to take a few readings and yes. take the mean of that yes because it is believed that you may uh, perform an error as part of the experiment itself and that can be negated when you take a few readings and take the mean yes it only means that at any point when you come in you are eyes what they give you or what the senses actually provide you as information may be incomplete yes that's a very important point to be noted because really in our daily experience this is something that we do not we are not aware of that we make we make an assessment about what is happening but the more we tend to stick to it as the truth that's when the real you know the war begins we are at war with the rest of the world when we hold on to what we see with our senses as being the truth right in fact that is why swami would say that you know be open i mean to the devotees who used to come to him in the early years swami used to say be open hmm in the sense don't base your judgment even your faith on what you just see hmm you know be prepared to take all the inputs and then process it and come to a decision yes you know that is when they would say that you know you pray to swami and swami turns away and goes it does not immediately mean that oh swami is not listening to my prayer exactly oh, swami is angry with me swami does not like me that is when you know you immediately take your decision based on what the senses give to you hmm. straight away in fact it is said you know the path to mastery is it's not that a master a divine master is not someone who does not feel the same emotions as you and i do deep within as i said the very primitive responses that happen in no time we don't have a control over but mastery is when we truly are aware of this mechanism that these arise without our control as somebody said your first thoughts are not under your control but you are responsible for what you think next and how you act next right. so your first actions are maybe out of your control but you are responsible for how you react after that that is one thing which swami used to very often tell students hmm. whenever somebody would get up and tell swami swami i am not able to control my mind and swami would say yeah mind is like that mind cannot be controlled yes okay and like how swami starts this discourse the mind cannot be controlled it's the very na- nature of the mind the nature of the mind very is nature. is like that like that of a horse it is you know, yeah. it is uh, always uh, wavering yes. but swami said what you should do is as much as possible try not to follow the mind hmm you know because the mind doesn't have an existence of its own it will roam around and it will come back to you i remember this analogy given by a divine master he was saying that supposing you're walking on a street and there are i mean a flock of people is walking opposite you so how would you move like wouldn't you try to pick your way in between those people whereas if you notice each one of us what we do is we are literally colliding with every single person who who is there opposite us which is the same as saying that a variety of thoughts they enter our mind but what we tend to do is we you know go the way each uh, thought leads us or in this case as each sense leads us but we have to discriminate with the operative word for swami was discrimination so we have to discriminate pick our way between those thoughts and uh, that is truly what is mastery over the senses and as swami has been telling in all these discourses that happens with practice swami would always say that practice mm-hmm. practice practice is the most important thing you know you cannot sing one bhajan without practice practice what do i tell about controlling the mind that's yeah, what swami absolutely. would say because uh, you know 
the thing the, the main word in spirituality if you see is spontaneity hmm you know you can make a right decision with tremendous amount of mental uh, gymnastics and discrimination and then take but what is important is at end of the day when you are spontaneously taking the right decision yes spontaneously giving up what is wrong and that happens with practice when you talk about cricket when you talk about any sport you talk of mind you know the the eye hand coordination as they would say yeah especially cricket the person does not think that oh, this is a ball which is coming at this length and this is the stroke i have to play it just happens because he has played such a ball so many times in the nets yes you know some says in spirituality also the same thing has to happen when you've constantly with effort done it a point will come when it is effortlessly comes out of you yes literally we have to gain our muscle in doing uh, being able to quell the mind so to speak or quell the senses so that indeed is a very interesting discourse and very eager to see what comes later in this discourse when swami talks about mastering the senses but that left to wait till next week on behalf of hari i offer uh, humble pranams at bhagwan's lotus feet and thank you all for joining us do stay tuned happy listening Sairam you just heard an episode of a radio series Shravanam Mananam Nidhyasanam that is listen reflect and absorb this is a segment that is broadcast live on Thursdays at 7:30 pm on Asia stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony and this episode was hosted by Radio Sai's Prem and Hari Shankar from Sri Satya Sai Central Trust Today's episode was first broadcast live on 27th June 2013. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian culture and spirituality 1990. The clips played in this episode were from the discourse delivered on 22nd May 1990. To listen to the next part of this program tune in same time same day next week please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener@radiosai.org thank you and sairam from prashanthi nilayam